Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to this Christmas special Christmas edition episode of Big Drive Energy. I am one of your hosts, of course, Spencer Smith, aka at Big Drive Spence on Twitter. Uh, sitting here with my brother over a little Zoom call action. That's how we do things now in 2020. Mitchell Smith, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Love, uh, I, you know me, I love Christmas. Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. I got my Christmas shirt on. Um, you know, probably one of the reasons i love it so much because it's an excuse to just get sauced like every other night usually got christmas parties you can go out drinking uh you just have a good old time celebrate not as much with friends this year but usually it's there's christmas parties you know you're doing shit and it's just a fun time of year and and really just to be thankful for everything and i know i don't want to get too corny here but just to be uh thankful for what you have and what the year brought you and it might be a little tougher this year to find the silver linings, but I think they've been there. So it's, I mean, we dropped BD in 2020, so that's something to be thankful for. Yeah, that's a great thing. DNVR Golf started in 2020, Big Drive Energy podcast. So big year for us and only on the way up, only going up from here. So uh, 100%. if you guys saw our Twitter earlier this morning, uh, we do have people still calling the golf course, which is quite the treat. Um, there is snow on the golf course, and there will be for hopefully the next two to three months. But if you want to go play golf and want to play some virtual golf, 
what you can do is you can head over to WGT. Now, we've talked about this so much that now DNVR has a fourth country club. So starting this Friday on Christmas Day through this Sunday, the 27th, we're hosting the Ho Ho Hole in One Challenge at Aaron Hills Golf Club. Shout out AJ Hayfley. If you guys listen to the DNVR Avalanche pod, he came up with this name. Usually that's our job, uh, but he had such a great idea last week when we were talking about what we should do for the WGT this weekend. It's just uh, too good. So head over to the Ho Ho Hole in One Challenge. All four of the DNVR country clubs can participate, and anybody can win. You don't even have to be good. Last week I made an ace. Um, during the Santa's workshop open. So I had zero, basically zero points on a single hole, and I still scored over a 500, which is dog shit. Basically, you want to be around the 300 club. 300 or less is pretty solid. 200 is, like, super good. And I've never been very good at video games. I've always gotten worked at Call of Duty. I'm okay at PGA Tour 2K21. Um, I'm, I was great at Madden, but that's about it. And, uh, uh, so you want to get over to DNVR4 Country Club. If you haven't joined, if you have, uh, enter in the Ho Ho Hole in One Challenge. Play the closest to the hole. Submit your screenshot on our pinned Twitter thread at DNVR underscore sports. Or email it to info at thednvr.com. Once you've done that, you're entered to win. We'll choose a random winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt and mask, and we'll ship it to you for free. Um, this is possibly the last week of WGT hosting tournaments. We're doing it through Christmas, of course, which is this weekend. So make sure you hop on in, get your chance to win some DNVR merch and a mask, which, like we've said on the pod before, my favorite mask. I got Mine got lost in Charlotte, not by me. I was actually sober enough to hold on to my mask. Shout out to but uh, he lost it, so now i got to get a new one. But... Head over, on, head over to WGT, sign up if you haven't. It's a blast and a great way to play golf. When you So when you think about calling a golf course and asking if they're open or if there's snow on it, just play 18 holes of WGT and then and then make that decision afterwards. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. Like we um, started off with, uh, this is going to be our Christmas episode. So we're going to kind of give you guys, uh, Mitchell's going to be more the lighthearted version. I'm being more serious version, if you will. Uh, give you guys some ideas for Christmas. I know it's a little late, but not necessarily to buy for your friends or buy for your family, but also to get for yourself. I know Christmas, sometimes you get gift cards, different things like that, or you're you're thinking about things to buy for the next year, especially in the golf world. There's a lot of new stuff that comes out around this time, December, January. We're going to do a ton of equipment previews for you guys in January. We're going to go over the new drivers for 2021, new wedges, new putters, Everything. We're both going to be on staff next year with different companies. Mitchell is still undecided. I'm going to be on Cobra Puma staff. So I'll. Um, I think I think I'm going Callaway. So he's going to be Callaway. So we'll have all the all the info for you guys on Callaway Puma Cobra, Taylor made all that stuff and get you guys uh, some equipment ideas for next year. But this will kind of be some cool gifts you can get for Christmas or around this time for either yourself or your friends. Or this is always a good time to work on the game. You can't necessarily go out and play, but. There's some things you can buy yourself and things you can have that uh, for next season that will start you off on the right foot in March or April when we get back to golfing here in Colorado instead of starting and trying to regain that swing for the first couple of months. Um, but the first first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to serve up this fresh-baked crow uh, that I've been cooking <laughs> in my oven for the last half hour and serve it to Mitchell and let him have the floor for a little bit to not necessarily apologize, but... Last week, he went in on Charlie Woods. We watched him this weekend. If you guys watched the PNC, it was a blast. 
Couldn't watch much of it because of the shit TV coverage that's constantly over the game of golf. I think it'll change. hopefully change next year, and they'll realize what kind of ratings they can get from shit like this because Twitter was popping off, Facebook, every ESPN, Bleacher Report, all of the things were just going I, off. I'd about. like to say there there's probably more social interactions um, this week or any any mostly other weeks like or if they do like the uh, shark shootout it's a two-man deal i think there's more social media interaction with those types of events which is obviously uh revenue generating for companies like bleacher report espn um things like that but they just bring in a different type of golfer and i don't know why that golf has always been a little bit behind with shit like that and they're behind on this they need to realize how big of an attraction it is, how many people love watching it and really try to get it, get ahead of it. Like the more coverage, the better everyone would have eaten up last week's coverage as much as they, they could have gotten Tiger Woods from the minute he stepped on the property till he signed his scorecard after the round, shook hands, gave Charlie a hug, whatever. They could have just live streamed that and gotten so many views, just an ass load of views. So they, they really need to realize what they've got there and, and capitalize on that. But so Spencer, like Spencer said, I need to eat some crow. Um, and to be fair, to be fair, I did not talk shit about Charlie Woods' golf swing. Um, I think I, that's exactly what you did, to be honest. Okay, let me put it this way. I'll, I'll, okay, I'm not trying to backtrack. I'll take it on the chin. I'm sorry. I did, Charlie Woods is... He's a fucking rock star. He's really good. But this is where I was going with last week, and I don't think I worded it properly. His swing is not the kind of swing that you would try to imitate an everyday normal person with average athletic abilities. His swing is very athletically inclined. He's crazy flexible. I mean, he's 11. And the fact that I'm even <laughs> fucking this is... He's, he's 11. <laughs> Like, yeah, I was flexible when I was 11, too. Now I can't get out of bed half the time. But he can twist and turn his body in certain ways that he can make his swing work. And his swing would not work for the average person. Like, you don't watch, and hopefully nobody's watching an 11-year-old, like, trying to imitate his swing. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there this weekend watching his swing, like, oh, I'm going to try that, I'm going to try that. But he does a lot of... of challenging things it's a very athletic move and you have to be an athlete in order to do that like you can't tell your average guy to swing like that that's not going to be your best um best shot at getting results as an average golfer or a a 20 25 handicap trying to break into the the teens and things like that it's just not something that you can imitate so that's where more i was going with it He's got a really good swing. I wouldn't say it's repeatable um, to your average human being. And that's that's really where I was going. But I will gladly take it on the chin. He was so much fun to watch. Um, I'd still rather watch John Daly and, and his son, but that's just me because I'm, I'm a weirdo. Um, Matt Kuchar and his son ended up actually winning the, the event. And I, I guarantee you his son didn't see a single dollar of that payout. That's for sure. His dad's like, oh, well, this is my check. You're not getting anything. You're, you're just lucky you got to play with me. So that's, uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and big shout-out to um, Justin Thomas and his dad, right? His dad? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. They didn't, the Kuchers didn't end up winning it. The Thomases ended up winning it. 
That's that's totally my fault. Yeah, his dad, um, his dad's a PGA pro out in Kentucky. I, I want to call. I, I want to say it's called Harmony Landing um, Country Club, and that's where Justin grew up practicing day in day out. But his dad's a PGA pro, and his dad's a good stick in his own right. He's qualified for a lot of stuff in his own his own right. So then you get Justin Hot with the putter and the ball striking. Between the two of them, they shot a fifteen under last round uh 57 they rattled off seven straight birdies um to shoot 15 under is a two-man scramble and to give you an idea um at our home course spencer and i would probably on a good day get to 60 and they're playing on a, a do you think that you would you agree with that spencer yeah, I'd say between us, if we went and played a good round at Spring Valley, two-man scramble from the plates, we're probably, yeah, we're probably, we're, 59's a, a really good day. We're probably, in yeah, a, it, on a normal day, we're probably in the 63 to 64 range. Exactly, yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying, is these dudes are out literally shooting 15 under, and then um, kind of sidetracked a little, sidetracking a little bit. But the Outlaw Tour had a two-man scramble um, down in Scottsdale this last week, and Max Homo was kind of like live-tweeting it because him and I think Shane Bacon were playing. He's like a, a golf media Twitter guy, um, kind of does some of his own freelance shit. But he was a good stick in his own right. I think he was a mini-tour pro. Um, but they, they were tweeting um, about their round, and Joel Damon – and his partner, I forget his partner's name. His partner was, he's on the PGA Tour, but um, Joel Damon and his partner, they were like, I want to say like seven under through five um, as a two-man scramble. And then they were like 14 under through 12. I think they ended up finishing like 18 or 19 under for a two-man scramble for two PGA Tour guys. So you get, that basically goes to show you, you take tour guys and you give two guys one shot at something, they're probably going to make birdie almost every single freaking time, which is just, it's gross. Like they're, they're machines. They're so good. But going back to the PNC, um, Charlie Woods, like you'd see a few swings he made and his follow throughs all, all janky. Like that one, uh, five wood he hit or three wood he hit. And it was a great shot. Five wood from but 175 and hits it to like three feet. That's when I was like, that's all right. borderline how far I hit it at sea level. So that's, that's not too far off. Like shit. Um, I'm just kidding, but seriously, uh, <laughs> his follow through was so athletic. He was basically just making one giant compensation. He was slinging it around the tree and th- there's adults. 99% of adults can't pull off that shot. Um, even tour pros would struggle to pull off that shot. So he's, he is definitely, got some of Tiger Woods DNA in his blood. That's for sure. Um, he's a good stick. I got to give him credit. And, and let's talk about this real quick, Spencer. What do you, what do you think? Cause we've taught a bunch of junior kids and we've seen kids. We haven't dealt with as many really good kids at a young age. And both of us personally got into the game a little late. So we, we both kind of peaked at the 16, 17, 18 range. Um, not peaked, but got as, to, to close to where we are now at that rate. And I mean, Charlie Woods has been eat, eating, sleeping and breathing golf. I'm sure since he was a, a small child, obviously with Tiger as his dad. So um, what do you think are the next steps 
and we don't need to get like too in depth with it, but what do you think Charlie needs to do to kind of stay on the trajectory he's on? Um, and even trajectory is a tough word cause he's literally 11. He could, he could get to high school and be like, I don't even like golf anymore, you know? So it's, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. So what do you think he's got to do to keep enjoying the game and, and not get burnt out on it? Well, and that's, before you said that, that's exactly kind of what I was going to go into is the biggest thing for him is he's got the talent to become a tour player. You know, we see this a lot in every sporting event you watch, pretty much, college, pro, whatever, they're like, oh, this is his dad. This, you know, and so that, the genes do matter. The, there's players that have made it that, in any sport where their dad hasn't been anything or their mom hasn't been anything, but how many times do you see, like, let's go Michael Porter Jr., or Die Hard Nuggets fans. The dude's dad played in college. His mom was like a track athlete. Like, these things don't just happen, you know? These people don't just show up. It's brought down for a long line of it. But I think the biggest key to Charlie Woods and advancing and having an actual golf career if he wants it is exactly that. He's got to want it, and he's got to not get burnt out, you know? I, I, something tells me that being 11, he loved all the media coverage that he got this weekend. People drooling over his swing, people drooling over his, including myself, I'll admit it, over his mannerisms that are identical to his dad's, like the nu- the rubbing the nose, the all the little things he does, he looks exactly like his dad. And that's great, but those are the biggest shoes to fill in the world, you know? And it's like, you know, Michael Jordan's kid, I think he played college basketball, but that was about it, you know? And so he's got to continue to love. And golf is one of those things where you have to, I, I'm not, you know, we've talked about, is it the hardest sport? Is it not? Is it? whatever and I don't want to get into that argument but you truly golf you have to truly love the game and enjoy the game to be able to be really good at it because if you don't like it it's a grind and like I'm not saying basketball is easier than golf don't get me wrong but you can go out like guys like Anthony Edwards is a perfect example the first overall pick in the NBA draft this year going to the Timberwolves and he said I'd rather play football if I could or you know just things like that you can't do that in golf like Ricky Fowler could be a professional motocross racer, right? But he loves golf, and that's why he's a golfer. But you can't just half-ass this sport and rely on your athletic ability to get you to the college, get you to the pros. It's a full-on commitment, and you just oh, hope for sure. You, Unless you're super elite, like I mean, Brooks Kepka is very elite athletically. DJ is very elite athletically, and those are a few of the guys. Maybe only a couple of guys that could really go play a different sport in any capacity at the professional level. Um, maybe not even Kepka, uh, but DJ was a, an Olympic level swimmer. He was a, a pretty good basketball player and Gary Woodland. I'm sorry. He, he played uh, basketball in college, but, and there's a handful of guys that are just uber athletic that can afford to do that. But literally 99.999% of people on this earth have to grind through golf, have to get through the lows, spend hours and hours out there by themselves um, putting, chipping on the driving range, hitting wedges, hitting drivers. So like Spencer said, he's, he's definitely really got to want it, especially because his life is set up forever. He, he literally could never do anything and be fine for generations to come. The Woods family, barring something horrible happening with finances, um, there's, there's no need financially. So he's really just got to want that greatness. And I was going to say one other thing that I think he needs to do for sure is just kind of be his own person. And I know that's really tough being Tiger Woods' son, but it's so easy. Like, 
there's going to be guys setting the benchmark like, oh, Charlie Woods should win at least 10 majors or, you know, some crazy outlandish shit like that. And if the dude gets out on the PGA Tour and, and I mean, obviously we're part of the problem here because we're talking about an 11-year-old playing on the PGA Tour, but that's just how prolific Tiger is. Um, but Charlie Woods has to set his own bar for success. And if that's to be better than his dad, then that's awesome. Like, that's nuts. But it's most likely not going to happen. And he can't look back 40 years from now and be like, oh, my career was a failure because I wasn't as good as my dad. Like, literally, the bar cannot be set higher. So he can either kind of go one of two ways. He can look at it as a challenge or he can look at it and kind of cower at it and be like, I don't know if I even want to dip my toe in that pond. So, yeah. and Well, well, I was just going to say in that circumstance, so they – like we said, we've already kind of gone overboard and media has in general and just put him in a little bit of a tough spot. But there's already a website with a 825 to 1 bet that he'll win a major by the age of 25. So 14 years to win a major, you put a dollar on it, you could win $825. And that just goes to show you, I mean, betting is becoming a lot more popular and a lot less frowned upon now nowadays that it's legal, especially here in Colorado. DraftKings Sportsbook, they don't have that line yet, but hit up DraftKings Sportsbook. And, uh, I would low key put a thousand bucks on that. Like, I, right. It's, I mean, well, and that's going back to the famous thing when Rory McElroy, um, he his dad was, cashed out like half a million. Yeah, exactly. He was, uh, what are the odds here? He was 500 to one to win the open championship by the time he turned 25 and he cashed in and Rory's dad cashed in on that bet. And when he won the, uh, 2014 open at the age of 25. So. Yeah, it was the last year his dad could have cashed that bet, and it made made him like half a million. Like, imagine putting a grand on Charlie Woods, um, and making eight hundred twenty five thousand dollars off that. And that's even if the the sports books are still around by then. Yeah, <laughs> and he's if you buy a ticket at that book and it's still around. Yeah, and he's two to one to earn his tour card before he turns twenty four. He's also fifteen hundred to one to win a major before twenty two. And his the over under year that he plays in his first major is set at two thousand and thirty five <laughs> and a half. So two two thirty five, so he'd be so twenty six. Yeah, twenty five, twenty six. That's like probably a good bet. If it's yeah, that's, that's probably pretty realistic. Yeah, I'd take the under on that probably, but you never know. The kid's eleven. He could not like golf in four years, and we've seen that yeah. happen. We've seen that. Yeah, you know, it. It golf is. It turns into something that you don't want, necessarily want to be great at, but you want to play for fun. But it, it doesn't mean you're going if, if to – if Charlie Wood just wants to play golf for fun when he grows up, he's not going to play in a major. He's not going to win a major. You know, it's, He's just going to be a regular everyday Joe with the best dad in history. So, Yeah, and, and you see it a lot more, I think, with uh, in, in the LPGA Tour than you do on the PGA Tour. But there is a lot of women who had great success, great success, great success at a very, at a very young age, like Michelle Wee, like Anka Sorenstam, like Lorena Ochoa. Um, they're in their twenties and they're dominant. Uh, Lydia Ko currently, um, they're they're in their early to mid twenties and they dominate the game, and then they retire like by the time they're thirty, thirty five, and they want to move on. Like Lydia Ko literally said, "I'm retiring at." I think 30 or something like that. And she's going to go get like her doctorate. And I mean, that's very specific. Like if I was her, I just retire and never work again. But, um, she wants to go do other things with her life. And I, I haven't heard about too many PGA tour guys 
reaching that peak and then and then going back down super quickly. Um, but it just goes to show you if your heart's not in it, then you can't do it. It's one of those things where you really have to love it. It's like coming back from an injury with in any, like hockey or whatever. You really got to love what you're doing to, to want to come back because otherwise, I mean, look at Anthony Kim. And now we're kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole, but Anthony Kim took a, an insurance payout of like $15 million um, that he, he had taken out on himself because his thumb was fucked up. And, uh, and I don't know if it ever got back to 100%. And, and, and the insurance clause has said, if you never pick up a club again, you get paid $15 million. and like on the PGA Tour. And so I, he just quit professional golf all the way around. And he was a prolific young star. Um that I bet would have won multiple majors by now, at least if not one. But he's just like, you know what? He, and he liked to party and do other shit. And a lot of people have lives, and it really takes a lifelong commitment to be great in anything. And in golf, it, it, it's just a lot of hours and a lot of effort. And so we'll see if if Charlie really if he wants to do that or not. But I think it's worth throwing a little money on that futures action for sure. Oh no doubt. So. We've gotten into um, talking about Charlie Woods, Mitchell's eating his crow. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I'm talking about our little Christmas episode. So give you guys some Christmas gift ideas. If you forgot to buy something, you can buy these um, now. You can run to the store the next couple of days before Christmas and get them for your golfer friend. Or like I said, buy them for yourself. These are some cool things that have come out and the world of golf is really changing like we've talked about and we're trying to be on the forefront of it with DNVR golf and just getting a different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, a different group of people to the game of golf and, and trying to... Demographic. Demographic, there we go. And trying to disprove the that golf is an old white man's rich man's sport. So uh, some things that I picked out basically, and like I said, Mitchell's going to be a little less serious, I'll be a little more serious... Um, one of the first things that you can get yourself, and these are really cool. I actually never heard of them until last year. One of our members wanted to order them, and I looked into it. Uh, it's called the Arcos Caddy. And so the, what these are is these are smart sensors. You can get these for, and first of all, let's say this. We're in no way endorsing any of these products. We have no affiliation to them. We are just telling you what we see is cool and what we see can actually help your game. So the Arcos Caddy, they're smart sensors. You get 14 of them, and you put them in the top of each of your clubs. You can barely tell they're there. They don't affect your swing, anything of that nature. They're 180 bucks, and it's like a hands-free automatic shot tracking. Uh, they give you smart distances on how far you hit your clubs. So basically, you keep track of like how far out you are, and it'll tell you that. And it, it'll tell you with a rangefinder how far out you are. And then once you play a few rounds and hit a bunch of balls... It'll give you like your average distance, um, basically your club average distance per club and kind of not caddy you. It, it can, there is a part that caddies you, but basically you can have a better idea of what you want to hit going into that green. And according to them, you know, according to their website, Arcos Golf, A-R-C-C-O-S, uh, the users drop their handicap an average of 4.2 strokes per year or in a year after using these because we see this all the time. People hit, and I'm I'm guilty of this, so I'll admit this fully. I hit a seven iron one, you know, two twenty once, and I, and then every round after that for the next week, two weeks, I think that I can hit a seven iron two twenty. That's not realistic. So, kind of gives you an idea of how far you hit each club. You put them in each of your clubs. You set the use the app on the phone, and 
they're using, we'll get into this more when we get to talk about clubs, but there's a lot of golf companies now using artificial intelligence, which is amazing in making clubs. Uh, the center of gravity on drivers is, and the, the design is basically artificially intelligent, artificial intelligent designs, but it'll, it, it has a rangefinder that's artificially intelligent, artificial intelligence designed and it adjusts it adjusts in real time the new one this one this year uh for wind slope humidity and altitude so those of us playing out here in colorado it'll give you kind of that adjustment and basically tell you what it plays people moving from sea level to altitude but arcos golf is it's a cool idea and it, it helps people truly know what they're hitting clubs a certain distance versus them thinking, you know, that they can hit a club a certain distance and then they're 10 yards short and then they're chipping and making bogey. Whereas if, it get, if you take your medicine, take the club, it tells you and know that you hit that club an average of that distance, you're going to have a better shot at hitting it on the green. So, Oh, for sure. You got to eat a little humble pie when you get those, you know, like everybody thinks they, they hit it longer than they do. Everybody loves to lie about their scores, lie about how far they hit it. And so you got to gotta eat a little humble pie Maybe you hit a seven iron about 180 once, but that doesn't mean you hit 180 every time. And it really gives you the best chance to score. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Um, you'll see a lot of tour pros, even if they miss directionally, they are so much more um, dialed in on distance control than your average amateur. It's, it makes such a huge difference. And that comes from years of practice and knowing how far they hit each club and and really, if they're going to miss, uh, they they it's more of a directional miss. It's not as much of a distance control miss. So uh, those and that comes with striking the ball pier too. But definitely good to get get a good average out of what you hit it, and it can definitely improve your game. I like that one. Yeah, and we're going to include the I'll include the links to these uh, the links where you can go ahead and buy these um, in in the article that basically posts on the podcast. So if you guys want to go on the app the DNVR app or the DNVR.com, wherever you listen, if you want to check that out, I'll post links to each of these items that I was talking about. But all right, now for the more lighthearted version, what is something that you can get the golfer for Christmas that you can't go wrong with? Um, I think, uh, first of all, it's got to be like a, a, a 30 ounce, like Yeti, Yeti crowler that you can fit in a, uh, a golf cart, um, cup holder. Because, you know, those hot-ass days you get out there, they hand you a plastic cup full of ice, um, they make you a mixed cocktail, and 10 minutes later, unless you're really hammering them down, it's half water. Like, one of my favorites is the uh, Captain and Diet. That's one of my go-tos out on the course. And there's nothing worse than watered-down rum. Um, well, watered-down vodka, watered-down whiskey, all kind of... Actually, I do like watered-down whiskey. I throw a couple cubes in my whiskey when I drink it, but... Uh, just the Yeti, you have the Carter will mix you a cocktail in your Yeti, and it's saving plastic. You're saving the turtles. You're saving the environment. You know, that's it's not your number one priority, but just keep it in your golf bag, um, and it's great. Wash it out at the end of the round, and you're ready to roll for next time. And It's nothing better than having all that ice saved up, you know. I, I think that's a real good one. Oh yeah, and I just a disclaimer for the folks out here. I never drink Mitchell Lake leaves his Yeti at work. He's drinking out of it currently as I watch him on this call. But I did never drink out of his Yeti at work because I think if I think it's going to be water, it's probably leftover vodka. So I try and I try to stay away from Mitchell's Yeti at all costs when I'm at work, especially. 
Yeah, I've had a few mornings where I crack open the Yeti when I'm at work from the day before after a round of golf. And I've got like a little bit of remnants of whiskey in the bottom. And that's you, never fun. You pay to see my face that the face I make. I'm like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's it gets a little rough. So make sure you wash it out. That's that's paramount. Mm-hmm. And if you don't wash it out, then you'll have a little bit of like this. The taste will kind of stick in there. So you want to really make sure you wash it out. But yeah, Yetis are great, man. Nothing better than a, a cold mixed cocktail on a warm summer day. Oh yeah, you're there's that's paramount right there. That's peak. That's peak <laughs> golf. Um, that's why we play golf. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the next thing on my list is we've seen a couple order uh, members order them already this year, but the Bushnell Wingman. So this is a really cool Super new thing cool. that Bushnell's come out with. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. It's a speaker that connects to your cart via this like bite magnetic technology. So it connects to the little part that you know, goes from your cart front to your roof so you don't lose it and you don't have to put it in the back or, you know, you can just have it right there in front of you if you want to change the song or whatever. Um, But it has this uh, pop-off remote that you can kind of like attach to your belt if you're that kind of style or put in your pocket where uh, all you have to do is hit the button and even in like the middle of the song, it'll like play it less. Like, first of all, playing music while you're golfing is the way to go. You always got to have some tunes on. I'm a big 21 Pilots guy when I'm golfing. I don't know why. It's just kind of like my music. Uh, Mitchell's big Quinn. Uh, Quinn is always a good golfing kind of playlist to put on. But basically, you hit that button and the wingman will tell you the yardages to the front, middle, and back of the green. So you don't even have to like shoot your GPS. You can kind of just give it a you know, a five, ten yard, you know, whether the pin's in the front or the back or the middle. And uh, it has like a, a 10 hour battery life. So you're going to, you can play a 36er straight through with the whole Bushnell Wingman as long as you charge it. Um, and it's got a USB, basically a USB port in it. So you can also charge your phone. And, you know, I, I've had times where my phone's run out of battery on the golf course. We're trying to make some DNVR content and then I, my phone's like dead and that's never fun. Or you're trying to text someone and your phone's dead by the 17th hole or your, your girlfriend or boyfriend's mad at you because you're, you're late and you're, you're on the 17th hole and then your phone dies. So you can charge your phone from the Bushnell Wingman as well. And it gives you GPS flyover of every single hole on the app, um, on the Wingman or Bushnell app, which is cool because if you've never played a course before, it gives you a flyover of what the hole looks like and you have an idea of how to remotely try to play it essentially um and that like i said those are 149.99 and it's just a great gift for any golfer that's our age or even the older dudes love the wingman we have older dudes running around busting their country tunes and uh it's a great gift for both having a you know you don't have to carry a rangefinder you can have that and have a speaker at the same time so yeah i actually that's a great one dude good call there um Another good gift I like, I think is pretty cool, is a, a custom flask uh, for the golf bag. There's nothing like a, like a nice like embroidered, embroidered, embossed or whatever. I don't really know the technical terminology. But like with your initials or whatever, I actually have a flask that's shaped like a banana that Spencer bought me. That always gets a pretty good laugh because I have a banana head cover um, that I've had since I was 14 and will probably die with. Um, I'm obsessed with it. It's Barry the banana. He's my boy. And he, he sits on my three wood and has for the last 10 plus years. Um, but you got to have birdie shots, uh, or even depending on how bad the round is par shots. If you and your boys are struggling a little bit or girls, whoever, whoever you're playing with, 
And actually, one lady at our uh, out of Spring Valley had how many ounces do you think that flask was, Spencer? It was the most obscene <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was fucking like 120 ounce. Oh, at least. And she had a big, she had a cart bag, um, so it could fit in like the side of her cart bag. But what? How big do you think that was? It was probably yeah. It was probably 120 ounces. It probably it was at least two. It was probably at least two a two liter, maybe a little bigger than a two liter like bottle. It, so. it was it was like 14 inches high and like probably 10 inches wide or eight inches wide or something like that. It was it was fucking nuts and she would start pa- this is pre COVID obviously you know and you're passing around the flask and everyone's taking rips off it but she would make this apple cider shot and it was apple I'm sorry it was apple pie and I remember bartending at, uh, for the women's invitational and then doing the bev card out for the horse race and just getting shit hammered um spencer's my boss so he he full this is years ago but he fully knows that i i've gotten hammered a few times at work and and those are a few of those times you whip out the birdie flask and it can be a real problem in scrambles with your your friends because if you're shooting 12 14 under you really got to try to pace yourselves um take maybe turn it into the eagle shots you know you make a couple of those because if you're drinking all day, like mixed drinks, and then you go a few shots, it can really put you over the edge. Um, that's where I've been almost every round of golf this last year. And there's a, you got to walk that fine line between no fear and, and really just just go for it, fucking send it type to where you top it a million times. So I've been there too, and you can't be out there making a fool out of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> there is a point where you get to where you feel pretty good about your game, and then... It, there's a ledge for me, and if once I fall off that ledge, you're seeing a couple balls when you look down. None of that's that's not a good not a good scenario. Yeah, when when you're balanced, when you're more worried about standing up, like staying on your feet, than you are about hitting the golf ball. That's when you got to reevaluate a little bit. Yeah. But uh, here's a quick story about a scramble. Me and Spence and uh, a couple of our buddies played in. We were uh, out of Spring Valley, and we have the uh, Ch- Elizabeth Chamber of Commerce tournament out there every year and we're a part of the chamber of commerce spring valley is a part of the chamber of commerce so uh we get a team in it every year and it's just kind of one where we go out and fuck around you know we don't have to be in the pro shop we get to go have a good time and so a few years back we were uh playing with our buddies ethan and sean and they they're a couple of pretty good sticks and through eight we were what were we nine under ten under yeah we Um, we were blitzing it we were playing really good. And then we ran into the Bev Car Girl, who happened to be our, our mom that day, Mona. Shout out, Mona. Um, she was our Bev Car Girl. And we ordered a shot on the eighth, after the eighth green. And we proceed to go, I think, I want to say like four or five under the last 10 holes, which for a four person scramble is dog shit. <laughs> we ended up getting pretty hammered. Um, it didn't end well. So you, you just got to keep your shit straight, you know, kind of find that, that right line and and hold on to it. I like to start with a shot and then stick to seltzers or beers or whatever, maybe throw in another shot on the turn or whatever. But, you know, just kind of ride that buzz and never too high, never too low type thing. So Yeah, I'm a, um, I'm a pretty big well, lightweight, so starting with a shot for me is usually not ideal. Yeah, Spencer gets this look in his eye and I'm like, he's going to play like shit. But it's also fun because then you don't care, and that's that's the most fun golf. Spencer is when, because then you hit a lot more good shots too, and I think that goes for everybody. And in most cases, you know, um, there like we said, there's a fine line. But 
when you're not attached to the result, it makes it a lot easier to swing free. And when Spencer swings free, he's borderline tour quality. I, I'm not going to try to pump his tires too much, but his ball striking is unreal. It's really in between his ears where he, he runs into issues. So um, long story short, get him a flask, get her a flask. Um, I think more women than men carry flasks out of Spring Valley, honestly. Like, I've been offered shots from more women. They're like, oh, we got our birdie flask. Like, what's in it today? I'm like, holy shit, you ladies are trying to get me fucked up. But <laughs> Don't you know they, I'm on the uh, clock? They come in handy. Oh, no doubt. I love 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 me a good flask. I have a Broncos flask in my bag, so go Broncos. Um, one other thing I picked out that you can get someone, or I got myself this a couple Christmases ago, and I still rock with it, is um, kind of like the DNVR membership is... The, as good as money can buy, uh, you can get yourself a par four membership or short par four, excuse me. So short par four is a company that does, you know, gift basically subscription boxes. And every month it's like $49.95 and the value you get out of each of those boxes is well more than $49.95. And you all, all you have to do is pick your, pick your level of membership. They have more where you can spend more and get more. Um, the basic membership is $49.95 and you pick your style. They take. They give you a little style quiz. You got like athletic, loud, traditional, or all, a mix of all of them. And you give them your, you know, waist size, your shoe size, shirt size, all that stuff. And then they just pick out stuff and send it to you. And then you can review it and, and you keep it. But usually it's great golf stuff. I've gotten a pair of shoes from them and my golf shorts, some good golf shirts, some hats, ball markers, just all the little things that you can always use. So short par four is something I definitely consider getting myself. Um, I do have it currently, and I would consider getting it for yourself or for somebody that truly loves golf. But you never know what to buy someone as as far as clothes go. Um, but that's a good way for them to choose themselves, and you get them the membership. So. Yeah, that's uh, and it, it's a really good deal. I mean, if you work out like what you're paying for clothes type of thing, um, you're you're definitely paying less than what you would pay at say PJ Superstore or whatever. So definitely a good deal. I like that. Um, my last thing is for the uh, Stogie lovers. Anybody who likes a, a good Stogie while you're out there, um, that's when shit really gets off the rails for me is when I start smoking. Um, <laughs> the best round of golf I ever played. I was like a six out of ten drunk the whole time and went through four cigars. Yeah, that's that's heavy, dude. I don't know how your mouth probably tasted like shit for like a week. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's these cigar holders that a lot of our members have out of Spring Valley that you can attach to the uh, to the rail of the cart to the side of the cart um, that you can because everyone's gone through it. If you smoke on the golf course, you smoke a cigar on the golf course. You. Uh, <laughs> the fuck are you doing spencer um you you end up losing the cigar uh you set it down it blows away if it, it's always windy out of the valley of fun you know your shit blows away if you don't keep track of it so having that little cigar thing you just unclip it put your cigar in there it's still lit it still holds its its temperature and then you hit your uh, golf shot and grab the cigar back out of the clip and i think they're pretty inexpensive you can buy wood ones you can buy metal ones I've even seen some dudes go cheaper uh, with like paper clips and shit. I don't know. It's there's cheap ways to get around it, but the the wooden ones are really cool and, and work really well. So if you're the this uh, stogie smoking kind on the golf course, that's definitely a gift for you. 
Yeah, I think the ultimate win with one of those things is that you don't have to set your stogie down in the nasty ass grass with like goose shit and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, or or you set it on your cart your cart seat where you just had swamp ass. Like it's a hot. <laughs> you're setting it in your own fucking sweat. Well, I have like, and I have burned a seat doing that too. S- setting it in the seat, I burned a hole in the seat. So don't do that. Just get yourself a little stogie holder, and yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, we want to thank you guys, uh, kind of wrapping up the year, essentially. We'll probably do another pod before the year's over, but we appreciate the love from all you guys on Twitter, um, TikTok. I just posted another TikTok today with a golf term Tuesday. Uh, all the love we get from all of you guys, all the DNVR golf members, all the DNVR members that hit us up, talk to us. We're really looking to explode this thing next year. Please, if you listen to this podcast on Apple... Uh, please like and subscribe. Give us a rating, five stars, one star, whatever it is. Let us know how we're doing and let us know that you enjoy our content. We love interacting with people on Twitter, so follow us at DNVR underscore golf. Follow me at DNVR, or sorry, at Big Drive Spence. Mitchell at, at uh, Big Drive Mitch. We got lots of videos. We got lots of content coming for you guys. Um, re- starting 2021, we're coming out guns blazing. Uh, we're going to have a lot of great stuff and continue to hopefully keep it lighthearted and make you enjoy the game of golf more, but also give you some real life, real you know, swing help, things like that, because whether or not we want to believe it, we are PGA pros or we are golf professionals, so even though sometimes we don't act like it, uh, we definitely are, so we can, we can always help you, but appreciate the support all year and our first year kind of getting started. And uh, hope we, we hope you continue to support us throughout the next year and 10, 15, 20 years as we get this thing uh, off the ground fully like a, like a little plane and take off and go as far as we're going to take this thing. So appreciate you all. Like and subscribe. Uh, f- subscribe to us on, like I said, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this. Share with a friend or two. We enjoy making this. And, and once the game of golf starts booming again in Colorado, uh, there's going to be a lot of great stuff for you guys. So for me at Big Drive Spence uh, for Mitch. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next time.